How's everybody doing today? Good? Awesome. Listen, we're, we're in a series called Not Be Shaken. Uh, last week we opened it up and, and I kind of flipped it a little bit because it's like we, we walked into so many things where God is shaking because the shaking of God is a good thing. How many of you would say, I know the shaking of God is a good thing. I'm not sure that I'm comfortable with the shaking, of, but it's a good thing. Amen. So this morning, I want to I talk to you about, um, if you're taking notes, um, write, the, write the, the message is called Build to Code. Build to Code. Listen, everyone is a builder. Some are better builders than others. Amen? You don't want me building your house. There's some stuff I can do, but building is not one of them. A builder gains reputation, good or bad, by what and how they build. For example, when choosing leadership over the local church, in the New Testament, the Bible instructs that there's a good reputation inside and out, not just inside the church, but outside the church, because our reputation is usually based on what and how we build, amen? What you build follows you around. You know, what you build follows you around. You may not be a builder of homes in the natural, but you're all building something. You're building your family. You're building your spiritual house with principles. And sometimes we build good and sometimes we don't build so good. There's a season in my life where I knew I was supposed to be a builder of my family and the spiritual leader of my family. And I wasn't doing a very good job of that, but I praise God that he was gracious with me. I praise God that my wife was gracious with me. She'd want to go to church and I'd want to stay home and watch football. But then God challenged me. I remember one time in this, I've told this story a while back, but, you know, she's getting ready to go to church, and the Seahawks are playing at 10 o'clock, and I'm staying home, and, and she kind of opens the door, and she gets angry with me, and she said, you know, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, because we're pretty transparent, I probably had a beer in one hand and a bong in the other. <laughs> and she said, she says, I'm tired of being the spiritual leader of this house. And I probably slammed my beer down and I said, you're not the spiritual leader of the house I am. I mean, I knew inside, I knew inside that I was, but what I wasn't doing was I wasn't walking in it. I was talking in it, but I wasn't walking in it. And then it, it, it changed something because God began to speak to me and say, well, how's that working out for you? Like, it's really not, Lord. Okay. Well, then there's a code and you got to build to code. Hebrews 3, 4 says, for every house is built by someone, but he who built all things is God. Proverbs 24, 3 says, through wisdom a house is built, and by understanding it is established. So this morning I'm going to continue on in the series, Not Be Shaken, and I want to talk about the principle of building to code. Building to code. See, there are codes in the natural, and there are codes in the spiritual. There are benefits and blessings and their ramifications if not met. And let's be honest, there is a resistance to building to the code in the natural. Can I get an amen from somebody up here in North Idaho? I mean, so many times it's like there's this comparison, man, I'm so glad I'm in Idaho and not Washington because their codes over there are just crazy, right? Come on. And they are, but I mean, it's all good. But no one, think about this, there's a resistance to building, and no one likes the thought of inspection. 
right? But the Bible says that everything that we build will be inspected. It will be tested. And it's going to be tested by the shaking that happens in the natural and in the supernatural. In February of 2023, an earthquake struck North Syria and southern Turkey, killed almost 60,000 people. 160,000 buildings alone in Turkey were demolished. And these buildings were marked as being luxury or earthquake safe. So let's talk about a building code history. 5,000 years ago, historically, was the first mention that we saw that somebody figured out we have to build to code. But actually, it was even before that because actually Noah actually was given code to build by God himself. And he was very particular. Why? Because God wanted to actually protect, build something that would protect the, the salvation that he was basically working out in Noah and his family. But here's an interesting factoid. This is the building code of, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it right, Hammurabi. And this is the Babylonian, the Babylonian Empire. Okay, so here's, here's the code. Let me read this to you. The building code of the Hammurabi, founder of the Babylonian Empire, is the earliest known code of law. An excerpt from this code pertaining to buildings is translated as follows. If a builder builds a house for a man and completes it, that man shall pay him two shekels of silver per sar of house as his wage. Okay, I got it. And then in, in 229 of the code, if a builder has built a house for a man and his work is not strong, and if the house he's built falls in and kills the householder, that builder shall be slain. That's real. If the child of the householder be killed, the child of the builder shall be slain. If the slave of the householder be killed, he shall give slave for slave to the householder. If goods have been destroyed, he shall replace all that has been destroyed. And because the house was not made strong and it has fallen in, he shall restore the fallen house out of his own material. And if a builder has built a house for a man and his work is not done properly and a wall shifts, then that builder shall make that wall good with his own silver. You thought your building code was bad. You thought there was some, you know, fines and ramifications. But this is crazy. This was thousands of years ago. So when, when, we, when we unpack this, we realize there's a responsibility that you carry for what you build. History shows that failures happen if not built in the right way, according to the code. And a sad commentary is that usually disasters have to happen before regulations were adopted. There are historical disasters that we know of, such as the burning of Rome, the great fire of London, where two-thirds of London was destroyed in 1666. Or we see the great uh, the Chicago fire of 1871. All of these have a common theme. They actually, because they happened, they happened because there wasn't a code that was followed, and then subsequently they, what happened was people decided, hey, we need to build differently. 
Sometimes you don't come to the place in your life where you will, will be honest and say, I've got to build differently because what I'm building is not really working. And it's being shaken. Even if you build something today that's not up to code, you can be liable for the damage it can cause. Every time, think about this, every time a person enters into a room, enters an elevator, turns on a light, or air conditioning, they're protected by a building code of some sort. I remember one of the remodels that we did here, and you know we got the stairs that goes down to our school, and we're doing this, and one of my buddies who happens to be really into the building code thing, he says, hey, he said, actually, that's not to code. I'm like, what are you talking about? That's not to code. We've been going up and down that forever. It's okay. And, and, and he said, no, he said, actually, what you need to do is you need to kind of change that and level that out because if you get into a, it's fine when everything is good, but if you get into a fire and somebody's running down there and they hit their head on that thing, they're not going to be able to get out. It'll hurt them. I'm like, yeah, but I'm the only guy tall enough to have that happen to me. No, I'm just kidding. I tell you what, every time I step into an elevator, I'm glad to see the inspection report posted on the wall. Have you ever been in one of those really creaky, sketchy elevators? I mean, you know, in our country, they're pretty good, but man, you go to a third world country sometimes, and it's like things are moving around, and, shit, and it's like somebody's banging on a, you know, a chain or something underneath it, and you're like, where's the inspection report? <laughs> Think about this. I want to I wanna drive a car that's built to code. I want to fly in an airplane that's actually built to code. I've got a couple pilots in our, uh, two or three pilots in our congregation. I want to make sure that I, uh, you, yeah, I'd, I'd love to take you for a love. Can I see like the inspection report on your plane? Seriously, can I see the certification? Can I see that basically you just didn't sleep at a Holiday Inn Express last night and you've turned into a pilot? I mean, so, so we know that actually there's a health to it, there's a safety to it, and yet we resist it. We resist it. 1 Corinthians 3, 10 through 15, Paul writes this, according to the grace of God which was given to me as a wise master builder, I've laid the foundation, and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on his foundation with gold, with silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear, for the day will declare it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. And if anyone's work which he's built on it endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss but he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. So it's like, we see there's this partnership of sorts. Yeah, we're building on the rock, we're building on Jesus, but then it's, it shows that there's, a, there's some different ways that you can build, because Paul is writing, everyone builds, but then you be careful what you build on top of that. The Bible, the Word of God, is the code. And the Holy Spirit is the code talker. Amen? He reminds you, he counsels you, he empowers you to fulfill the code. And it's kind of like the inspector showing up. 
There's been times in my life when I've been like, hey, I'm going to do this, that, and then it's like that still, small voice basically kind of moves me, and I'm like, ah, I just, I can't do that. I gave somebody my word, and, and now I'm kind of, nah, I can't do that because that's not the code. I've got to be a man of my word. I've got to be a man of integrity. And sometimes in our culture, that's not the easiest thing to do because everybody else seems to be sliding. You know, it used to be a day when a, when a guy could build a house on a handshake. You know, unfortunately, you can't do that kind of stuff anymore. You've got to have something that's a contract because there's things, there's people that they, 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 they don't want to live by the code. So there's two ways to think about the code. One is fear. You can think about the code fearfully. It's like, oh, man, because, uh, you know, I, I don't want God to blow me up. I want, I want some fire insurance. I, I don't want something bad. Okay, because, you know, God's up there just waiting for you to, like, I'm just waiting for you to mess up the code, buddy, and then I'm going to squash you like an ant. There's some people that think God's like that. And and fear will turn into religion and legalism where everybody's running around spouting the code. And here's what happens. Everybody wants to remind you of the code, but they don't want to be reminded of the code themselves. You know, it's just like, hey, 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 you just messed the code up. Like, well, Jesus said, with whatever measure you judge, so you will be judged as well. And so it's like, I don't go around. I mean, I don't go around being a, I don't want to be a code inspector. I want the Holy Spirit to be the code inspector. I want the Holy Spirit so strong in the lives of people that it's just a natural thing where they, they gravitate towards being able to, to move in the way that God has caused things to, to work the best for them. And the other side of that is the filter of understanding that the, the God who made the universe and then the God who made you knows what's best. And the code that he puts down, he says, listen, I've got a way that you will flourish, be contented, be whole, be free if you will walk according to the code and listen to the code talker. What codes will keep you safe? What codes will keep you contented? What codes will keep you fulfilled? What codes will keep you from harming others? Love your neighbor as yourself. Right there is amazing because if I'm truly loving my neighbor as myself, I ask myself, well, who's my neighbor? Who's in proximity? Now, I've got some neighbors that are really easy to love. I really do. But I've had some neighbors that weren't easy to love, and I still had to abide by the code. How do I want to treat them? How about the guy that basically almost like head-on us this morning coming to church? That was crazy, huh, babe? I'm like, whoa, dude. I'm like, okay. Thank you, Jesus, that he didn't do it. There's some things in my head that I want to say right now, but I'm not going to do it because <clears throat> obviously he wasn't paying attention. He wasn't intentionally trying to head on, you know, me. I don't think so unless the devil got in him. But listen, what codes will keep you from harming others? What codes will keep you safe? In, if my spiritual house falls down in the shaking, then my family is harmed by the shaking, and it's quite possible I have been building to the code. So what are the, some of the areas that I need to pay heed to the code and build accordingly? 
What are some errors? I'm going to give you a few takeaways. And, and listen, I, before I get into this, here's, here's what I want to just appeal to you. Um, there are probably some people in here this morning that it's going to challenge you. It's going to challenge you. And I, I prayed about this word, and I put this word together, and it's like, God, you just, I have to be faithful to Scripture. I just have to be, I'm bound to the word. I, I got to be faithful to Scripture. I just got to preach what God's word says, amen? So the first code is fear of the Lord. Proverbs 9, 10 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Understand that there is a God and you are not him. Think about it. There's a God and you're not him. And there should be a measure. There should be a measure of awe and respect and humility and recognizing that, well, actually, it's the beginning of wisdom. See, what you, what you fear and what you reverence, so some of you are like, well, man, I, I don't want to fear God. Well, let's take the word and say, let's what you revere, what you fear, what you revere, usually has your attention. Think about that. I, I was uh, blessed to go, um, I was blessed to go to um, Maui uh, once with, uh, with a, just a dear friend, a couple that we know, and and I just, okay, I'll just tell you a story. It's Pastor Brian. And Pastor Brian, he is like an information uh, director when you're on vacation with him. I mean, it's very practical. He's very practical. Uh, and, and he does, he, it's just kind of crazy because like we're doing this like road to Hana, right? 359 hairpin turns. Right, and we're like, oh, this sounds like fun. Let's all get carsick. <laughs> but here, here, here's Brian. He'd say, yeah, that corner over there, that's where the lady and the two kids, uh, you know, went over the, the cliff. Just straight-faced. I mean, just, I'm looking at him like, you are just instilling, and in, in, you know, a great amount of confidence. And I remember one of the things that I really wanted to do was I'd never snorkeled, and I wanted to see a turtle. So we're going to go to this place, this beach, and we're all making plans for it. And he says, yeah, he says, that, that beach right there, that's where the, the lady from Germany or whatever got her leg bit off by a tiger shark <laughs> last year. I'm like, hmm. All I want to do is see a turtle. I just want to see a turtle. So I said, I just want to see a turtle. Oh, yeah, you know, the tiger sharks, they actually hunt turtles. I swear, I'm out there, and I'm snorkeling, and I see this turtle come up beside me. And you know what I did? I'm gone, oh my God, there's got to be a shark around here. <laughs> what you fear usually has your attention. Have you ever been out in the woods, and a bear shows up? It's like, bah, I tell you what, Okay. That's got my attention. Psalm 86.11 says, Teach me your way, O Lord, and I will walk in your truth. And unite my heart, think about this, unite my heart to fear your name. It means my heart and my attention is on him. It means he's that important. It means he's the most important. It means that he's the center of my life. And in that 
positioning and filter, not just as an add-on, not just as like when I need him, not just as like fire insurance, but I'm always, my attention is always directed, always aware of him. And in that relationship, there is transaction because he says, I'll give you wisdom and I'll, I'll give you grace and I'll give you love and I'll direct your steps and I'll basically speak to you about the code and I won't write the code just basically you know, on paper, but I'll write the code in your heart. And because it's in my heart, it's in my, it's in my head and my heart, and then he'll remind me and it basically keeps me in a place where I'm not shaken when things are shaky. Have you ever walked with a pet or a person through some sort of procedure? Like, like my wife hates needles. Needles and Robbie do not go well together. To me, I'm like, hey, whatever you got to do, stick into me, I'm good. She's like, she can be, we can be watching TV, and if somebody's going to, like, it's a medical show, she'll just like, oh, turn away, turn away. On TV, for crying out loud, it's fake. They're not putting a needle in you. It's got to be one of those like retractable things. It's fake, honey. It's fake. That doesn't matter. She's like, oh, my heart. You know what happens is I, she wants me to go in. I don't care if it's labs, giving blood, doing whatever. She wants me to go in with her every time. And what I will do is I'll say, okay, just keep your eyes on me. Keep your eyes on me. And, and then if I really mess with her, that's the longest needle I've ever seen. <laughs> no, I, don't, I don't do that. <laughs> See, the fear of the Lord will keep your intention on him no matter how big the storm is. The disciples in the storm went right to Jesus. They knew exactly where he was. So here are some other things that you need to build Dakota. You guys with me? Y'all good? Your marriage. The foundation of family is marriage. Biblical marriage. And you need to invest in it consistently. Make it a priority. Build it correctly from the start. Understand in Ephesians chapter 5 where it says wives, you know, submit to your husbands and and, and husbands, love your wives. And, you know, a lot of times people get way hung up on that code. Because there's another place where it actually says husbands submit, and, or it says husbands honor your wives. See, when I look at submission, submission only happens when there's not unity. If we're in unity, there's no need for submission. So what's my goal? My goal is always, always to contend. But there are times, there are times when there's not unity and then basically, there has to be a submission that happens. And sometimes we submit to each other because the Bible says submit one to another. But a lot of times, people get way hung up on that. And then I'm thinking, okay, there's always got to be honor. There's got to be respect. A man's code, a man's love language really is not love. It's actually respect. Because think about it. You can love someone and not respect them. And if you do that to a man, oh, I love you, but I don't respect you. I mean, he, didn't, he doesn't even respond to the love part because we're wired for a certain code. And then how about this? How about not shacking up? You're trying to form a family without building it to code. 
There is a code. There's a biblical code. And it's not that God is some sort of a prude. He instituted the code because he's a covenant God and we're created to be covenant people. And cohabitation is a flawed building code. Numerous studies show this. Cohabiting unions are less stable. They don't stand during the storm. Children in those families are more likely to suffer from emotional and social problems and they're linked to lower task orientation and academics. Children with married parents average a 3.0 GPA. Children with step families and divorced parents, single parents, 2.7 GPA. In cohabiting, in cohabiting uh, children average a 2.6 grade point average. Children raised in cohabiting families are 4.3 times more likely to suffer physical abuse, five times more likely to experience sexual abuse compared to being raised by married biological parents. That's the code. And I'm not up here saying, listen, you know what? Shame on you because you're not, I'm just saying, would please, this is the code. God has actually created the code. He knows who you are. He knows how you're made. He knows what will be the best for you. And just walk according to the code. Raise your children. Build them up. Speaking of family, and point them to Jesus. Pay as much attention to their spiritual education as their natural education. Sow as much into them in a kingdom way as you do making sure that they know how to throw a baseball or kick a soccer ball. Look at your time, your treasure, and it will be a measure of whatever code you're walking with in your family. Build your family to code. Come on, somebody needs to give me an amen. amen. That was tough, man. I mean, it's tough. There's times when I really like this. You know, blessed is the man who walks in the council. I love some of this stuff. You know, God, for God so loved the world and, you know, God, God's grace is poured out. And then you read some passages of scripture, scripture and you go, oh, that, that code hurts. Could I, could I just like, can I tear that code out? No, you can't do that because it's the code. Or how about finances? Build your finances to the code. God is the source. Realize he is the source. Realize you've been created to give. You need to save money. You need to live below your means. You need to resist debt as much as you can. You need to be content. The Bible says contentment with godliness leads to great gain. I'm thinking, you know, and I think about that a lot because it's like, man, I don't know. Sure like to upgrade that four-wheeler. Well, if I'm content and there's a godliness with it, it probably just saved me a lot of money. I'm not saying don't, you know, I, I mean, be blessed and, and, and because I do, I, I've, I've, got, I've got some toys. They're fun. But I'm always trying to, I'm always trying to walk with what my desires are and what God wants my desires to be. I'm always trying to like, okay, God, you know, um, maybe, maybe I should be more generous. Maybe, maybe instead of doing this, I should do this. And there's just this code talker sometimes that goes, yeah, you know, you probably don't need that be content because I've got something else for you to do with those finances. There's times when God has just spoken to me about that. And that's good. Or how about your business? How about building your business to, to the code? Well, you guys are all really quiet. I should get the worship team up and we'll just sing Kumbaya and we'll all be good. 
Mark 12, 28 through 31. Then one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together, perceiving that he'd answered them while asking him, which is the first commandment of all? And Jesus answered him, the first of all commandments is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second, like it, is this. you got to understand that. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbors yourself. There's no other commandment greater than these. And I'm thinking, man, I don't know. Uh, I'm supposed to like, okay, love the Lord my God with all my heart, my soul, my mind, my strength. And the second is like it. That means that I can't, I, I can't give conditionally. I mean, think about what our, our community would be if we all walked out there and like, okay, that clerk, that waitress, that business owner, whatever, I'm going to take the same thing that God wants, everything that I have, and I'm going to say, hey, listen, you're more important. You're more important to God, and I'm going to treat you like that. Think about that. Honor God in your business. Treat people like you want them to treat you. Be generous. I appreciate the contractor or salesperson that's, that's maybe even tell me that, hey, you don't really need this. I'm like, whoa, said no salesperson ever. No, I actually have had them, and it's always like, man, I trust you, because you're, you're, you know, I, I, I need a, you know, I, I need a, I need a Volkswagen, and you're not going to try to sell me a Suburban, right? Honestly, I don't do well in Volkswagens. They're way too small. I'm created for a Suburban. <laughs> or how about your health? Build your, build, build your health. First Corinthians six nineteen. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? Man, I don't know about you, but that's a hard one to try to reconcile again and again and again. Know that you're not your own, but you've been bought with a price. I'm not my own, but I'm, I'm, I'm responsible for actually stewarding this. Have you ever had somebody like borrow your tools and not take care of them? Or borrow something and not give it back? Or, or just, I mean, man, for me, I like with great fear and trepidation do I ever borrow something because like, okay, I want to really, really be careful with this. Actually, this is God's. When you give your life to Jesus, this is, this is his. And so you got to take care of it. The Bible has so much code regarding stewarding your body. Proverbs 4, 20 through 22. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. It's crazy because what happens is that when we're giving God attention to the code and we're inclining, it actually does something physically for you. Something, there's a benefit. I love Psalm 103. Uh, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits. He forgives our iniquities, and he heals all my diseases. There's something in this that basically, that, that, that I lean into. Proverbs 14.30 says, A sound heart is life to the body, but envy is rottenness to the bones. 
I've run into people that they, their, their health suffers so much, and when you unpack some things, not nobody in here, but when you unpack some things, you realize, man, there's this root of bitterness and envy and hurt in them, and somehow it just basically affects your, your natural body. There's a proverb that says, I complained and my bones were broken. Make sure you don't have a building with unforgiveness, with envy, with jealousy. These things built into your life won't hold up during the shaking of the storm. And if we're honest, sometimes these things that we take on, they become part of our identity. They become part of who we are. Instead of declaring the goodness of God, we're always trying to figure out the latest thing that's going on. We're being critical, we're being cynical. We're looking for, you know, the devil behind every rock. And we got to walk in a different way. Remember 1 Corinthians 3.12 when Paul read, Paul wrote, we read, now if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, so can I have our worship team start making their way up? Now if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear. Here was the context of that. In the Roman culture, the Romans were the wealthy part of the economic system. And secondly, they didn't like to work. So what they did was they actually imported a lot of slaves. And so you have in this economic system, you've got the Roman citizens, and then you have basically the slave citizens, and they could not afford to build with granite or stone, so they would build with wood, hay, and straw. That's the context that Paul was writing in. And so when I, when I think about this, I want to declare something to you this morning. You are not a slave. You were created and you were freed in Christ. And because now you've actually changed for freedom that he's come, the Spirit of the Lord, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty and there's freedom. And it may be that there has been a time when you've been building with the wrong materials, building with the wrong attitude, building with the wrong motivations, building with the wrong... Sometimes we'll try to build a house based on our hurt. We'll try to build a house and frame it with our past. And we'll, we'll, we'll take some of those things and then, yes, do we love Jesus? We love Jesus. But then when the shaking happens, you realize that there's been some things that I've built, some mindsets, some strongholds, some understandings that don't withstand the shaking that may be in your life right now. You have to go back and you've got to go, this is the foundation. This is the code. And the Holy Spirit is the code talker. He reminds me. I'm putting the Word of God in and then He reminds me and He directs me and He shapes me and He empowers me and He equips me and He heals me and He restores me. Jesus forgives my sin. And I can realize, yeah, I've got some regrets, but I'm going to take today, I'm going to start building in the right way. 
I've not been building in the right way. I need to reframe some stuff. How many of you love remodels? I don't. Because a lot of times you start picking, you think, oh, this is going to be easy. We're just going to take this wall out, and we're going to put a door in here. You pull the wall out, and you realize behind the wall, it's like, dang, that's rotten. Subfloor is gone. Electrical is, ugh, needs to be upgraded. Well, maybe I won't. Maybe I'll just kind of put it on there and put a fresh coat of paint on it, you know. And the, the frame and the foundation is still the same. I want to declare to you this morning, you're not a slave, so don't build like a slave. You've been freed and are free to build a strong house. Build it to the code. It's going to last. Let's build first with a foundation of faith upon Jesus. Let's continue to build our lives, our families, and our children to the code. And then let the code talker, the Holy Spirit, help you, empower you, remind you, so when the earth shakes, you will not be moved. Listen, there's no one here that's arrived. In fact, there's probably a lot of remodeling that's going on. Can I get an amen? I've got some remodeling that's consistently going on in my life. Lord, I got that's got to change how I'm thinking, how I'm walking through that. But it's important that you participate in the remodel process. Invite the code talker. I don't know if everybody's heard the Holy Spirit referred to it as a code talker. I it just felt good to me. I don't think he minds at all. Yeah, I'm, I'm breathing. I'm speaking. I'm actually revealing the will of God, the purpose of God, the power of God into people's lives if they will just receive me and listen to me. And when God is doing the remodeling and the reshaping and the transformation, we just trust him. It doesn't mean it's easy. There's been a couple times when we've done a like even a remodel on this building. And in your mind, you think, oh, this is what it's going to look like. And this is what, and, and then these guys start tearing stuff apart. And then you go, oh my gosh, what did we do? Because it looks like a cleanup on aisle five at Walmart. It looks like we're never going to get this thing done. It looks like we just get one thing done and something else needs to be done. It's never ending. And sometimes that's how you can feel about your life, your family, your relationships. You feel like, God, am I ever going to get there? Just keep going through the process. Just keep going through it. He's a faithful builder. Be a builder with him. Charles Spurgeon wrote this. It's a good thing to understand much and to trust in the Lord with growing knowledge. But, dear, should you not know much, Yet if you're trusting in the Lord, you shall be as Mount Zion, which cannot be moved. Come on, the first step in building a firm foundation is trusting in God. Is trusting in God. Can I get an amen? Would you close your eyes and bow your heads and hearts all over this room? It might be that there's somebody here this morning that you need to trust God for your salvation for the first time. Maybe you felt the presence of God. You, you felt the leading of the Holy Spirit. You've been sensitive, but you've never taken the step to say, today, Jesus, come into my life. Forgive my sin. Forgive my sin. I want to walk with you. I want to follow you. I want to confess you as Lord and Savior. If that's you this morning, and you've never made that profession of faith, that's the first step. I want you to raise your hand. It's good that we agree 
that we do this in community. But if you're here, you say, Pastor, I want to give my life to Jesus. I can't even see you up in the balcony. If there's somebody up there, maybe give me a shout or a hallelujah. But I mean, this is important. This is, this is the first step, trusting in God. You're saying, today I'm going to trust in God.